Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. You are in the right place if you've come for the Safety and Health Magazine webcast sponsored by Aveda. We will start the presentation in just a moment. We will let a few of our audience members get settled in before we get rolling. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who is joining us today here for the Safety and Health Magazine webcast sponsored by Aveda. We'll let our uh, audience members settle in for just a moment before we start the presentation. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Safety and Health Magazine webcast, Increasing Safety Engagement Through Humor, sponsored by Aveta. My name is Barry Botino, and I'm an associate editor at Safety and Health Magazine. I'll be moderating today's event. We would like to thank you all for joining us today. Before we get started, I have a few housekeeping items to share with our attendees. As a disclaimer, the views of today's speaker and organizations are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the National Safety Council or Safety and Health Magazine. Any mention of a commercial enterprise, product, or publication does not mean the council or the magazine endorses those items. After today's presentation, we'll, discuss, we'll conduct a question and answer session with our speaker. To ask a question, just tap the Q&A button down at the bottom of your screen type in your question and press the send button. You may ask your question at any time at all during our presentation today. You don't have to wait for the Q&A to begin. We'll try to answer as many questions as possible today, but we just might not get to every question. The good news is that any unanswered questions will be forwarded along to today's speaker. After this presentation, you'll also be asked to complete a brief evaluation survey, but I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. This webcast will be archived, so you can access it after today's live event. To view this webcast and all of our past webcasts, please visit us online at safetyandhealthmagazine.com events, or you'll receive a link in our post-event email. With that, let's introduce our presenter today. With us is Tim Page Bodorf, who serves as a senior safety consultant at SafeStart, Tim's career in safety began 30 years ago as a U.S. Marine during Operation Desert Storm, where he helped put out oil fires and liberate Kuwait. Since becoming a full-time safety professional after his military service, Tim has been honored as the Safety Professional of the Year by the American Society of Safety for Professionals, and in 2018, he received the National Safety Council's prestigious Distinguished Service to Safety Award. He is also author of the motivational book, The Core of Four, Four Tools to Navigate Roadblocks to Great Human Performance. Fans of Safety and Health Magazine may also know that Tim was featured prominently in our recent feature article about humor and safety, and you can find that on our website. Again, we thank you all for tuning into the presentation today. Tim, whenever you're ready, go ahead and take it away. Mary, thank you so much for the great introduction, and I want to thank uh, both you and uh, the rest of the staff and putting this stuff together and also Aveda for sponsoring this presentation. I really do appreciate it. So round of applause to all of you guys. I know virtually that's kind of hard to do. Sometimes though in Zoom, it gives us reactions. And in this case, a lot of you are already responding. I see quite a few chats popping up and questions and answers coming up already. Um, so we will have a very distinct question and answer period at the end of this presentation. Um, and then if you have a question that's urgent, um, go ahead and throw it in the question and answer and uh, we'll make sure we get to it. But this is all about engagement. So what can we do in terms of engagement? Uh, we can have fun. That's what we can do. So if you're good at this, um, you can shout it out loud in front of your laptop or your computer or even your phone. And, um, and I see a lot of you joining and I see a lot of chats happening, so which is fine. Um, I'm going to ask for your engagement that way. So does anybody know what 
this cross section is right here. What is that cross section? It's a ship, but it's a cross section. What is that cross section from? And if you know, type it in the chat. Um, let's see if you know what it is. We've got quite a few people jumping in. Um, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Death Star, Michael Grimsley. Thank you. No, that's that's not what that is. <laughs> uh, this is... <laughs> Oh, this is such a great thing. This actually is, yes, most of you are right. This is the Millennium Falcon. And in terms of safety management, sometimes your safety management system, as an analogy, jumps into hyperspace and it does a really good job. But then sometimes it flounders and it bounces around and it doesn't do a very good job. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And that's an analogy. And in the world of safety, what we're trying to do is we all would like to see our safety management systems, our programs jump into hyperdrive. But quite frankly, if we're dealing with an old system or we're dealing with old equipment, that might hold us back. Now, you should know, full disclosure, I am a Star Wars nerd. Um, did spend some time in Galaxy's Edge just the other day. And um, this is a picture that was from the day that uh, it opened a long time ago. But as far as I'm concerned, there's so much in the Star Wars universe that we could use in our own training in our own world. So I'm going to draw some analogies. But to prove a point, it's literally about having a good time. What's important to me, I can share with you. And hopefully that actually draws engagement. Whether you're a safety professional, a manager, it doesn't matter. We're looking to increase retention and more importantly, increase engagement. So how do we do that? Bottom line for me is that I want you to have fun. All right. So what should you expect today? I'm going to talk a little about Thanks, Jane. I appreciate it. I am a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit about BLR. Um, BLR actually produced a survey about the, the lack of engagement. And um, I'm going to talk about some of those numbers. And ultimately, this presentation is really to gain tools to help you uh, motivate some of your employees to increase en uh, engagement and retention. And so we're in a virtual platform, and it's tough to meet our neighbors, especially if, we're, if we were doing this live, I would actually have you go introduce yourself to another person. And then I would actually say, do you have a habit you are working on? Now, those two things right there break the ice to having fun. Now, I remember, I'm going to actually say having fun. It's not necessarily injecting humor all the time. It's just that you're having a good time. And I truly believe that if you're having a good time, it is contagious. All right, <laughs> George, we're going to actually get you some handouts. So I appreciate the uh, interaction and um, that'll come a little bit later on. So thank you. Uh, I will talk a little bit about self-disclosure stories and storytelling and using that as an anecdote and then talk a little bit about humor. Humor is all about the human, right? And since this is going to have some Star Wars theme, let me show you one of the first clips and I hope you can hear this across your unit. For any of you that are Star Wars fans like me, you probably remember that The Empire Strikes Back, which came out in 1980, 40 years ago, yes, of course, was probably the best movie in the series. Um, I would say it's my number one in regards to order of preference, but I'm going to tell you also that there was so much going on and the Millennium Falcon actually proved to be a challenge. And eventually at the end of the movie, it did get to the hyperspace, but it left us with a lot of questions. And I hope you noticed that Han Solo actually punched the dashboard of the Millennium Falcon to get it kickstarted. And sometimes we need to do that with some of our systems. That's not humorous, is it? No, punching things is not humorous. However, getting things started, we typically try to find the best ways, the best means to get things started. And in this case, you could stereotype everybody that was on the Millennium Falcon. You could find out who the human resources manager was. You could find out who the general manager of the plant was. You could find out who the risk manager was because they always give out statistics. <laughs> Anyways, I don't need to hear the odds was the quote that you probably remember. And I'm not here to stereotype, but everybody in that room had a job. And pretty much most of us have a job anyway. So what should you expect? There's not going to be a major exam at the end of this presentation. And I always ask, do you like tests? So for those of you that are participating in the chat, please do me a favor. Just say yes or no. Answer that question. Do you like tests? 
do you like to sit down and take exams? Thank you for the participation. <laughs> it's really fun to see. Um, a lot of you that are certified safety professionals or some other certification, I totally get it. Um, thank you for the participation. I do have an opinion on exams and here's my opinion. One minute, one minute, please. Time, thank you. Could you all please put down your pens and bring your papers to the front of the room? Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry, you're too late. Gave you plenty of warnings about time. You failed. Sorry. Excuse me, do you know who I am? I have absolutely no idea. Good. Okay, I'm laughing. I just wanted to give you a little bit of an icebreaker to the presentation. So, all right, so that's my opinion on exams. So things to remember as we get started with this presentation. Number one, I'm not a comedian. I'm a safety professional. Um, if I were a comedian, I probably would be here today, but most of all, you should know I'm not a comedian. I just like to have a good time. Number two, I believe that safety doesn't have to be boring. As a matter of fact, the tagline I use for everything that I do for training. And I just want to suggest that to folks that want to bring me in as a presenter or a trainer that I'm going to work at that motto. Safety doesn't have to be boring. Okay. In addition to that, I, I do this mostly because I want to increase engagement and retention. And quite frankly, in the last couple of years in doing research for my graduate studies, I, I learned a lot about increasing engagement and it can come from many different places. But ultimately, if I'm having a good time as the facilitator, it can be contagious. And one more time, if you listen to the podcast or read the article, we're going to do this because we're going to have fun for safety's sake, not in spite of safety. We're not going to poke fun at safety so that way we can have a good time. That's not what we're here for, okay? What we're here for is to have fun for safety's sake. Now, <clears throat> if you've ever seen this term before, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, if you're like me and you get kind of giddy, <clears throat> you know that a great story is about to come. And I see that on a black, dark screen. And I just start to, it's not that I panic. I'm just like, oh my God, here comes a great story. And I know it, I know it's coming. So you should probably predict in the world of humor and safety, one of the best ways to engage, one of the best ways to draw participation is to actually provide stories. Now I'm not telling you that your eight hour Haswarber class should be 100% storytelling. I'm suggesting if you want engagement with a particular aspect in that class, then a story can go a long way. So can you guess what I'm gonna do? I gotta tell you a story. I will suggest that there's some elements in this story that are important and storytelling. Thank you, Adrian, you're right, tell a story. <clears throat> Stories in this regard, um, I usually ask right up front in a very live presentation, do you know where I took this photograph? 90% of people say hospitals, some people say airport, um, but it's ironic that when I ask that question, it's actually on the screen. It's me in Denver, so it's, an answer that I don't necessarily hear a lot, but when they do say it, I actually say, congratulations, you're the class president, okay? So story-wise, this story happened when I was doing a two-day class up in Loveland, Colorado, and the safety director comes walking in the classroom and she points at me, she goes, you need to pack your stuff and, and get out of here. So I felt guilty about something as why, what's wrong? She goes, you didn't do anything wrong, but follow me. So we left the classroom, we stood next to this curtain. And she goes, we are expected to get the worst blizzard in the history of the state of Colorado. If you don't leave now, you're going to be stuck here over the holidays. I said, really? How bad is it going to be? She goes, we are expected to get 120 inches of snow between now and Christmas Eve. That's a lot of snow because I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and I don't typically see that kind of snow. I said, really? That bad? So she opens up the curtain, and that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, that's a joke. Literally, this is what it looked like from the inside of the rental car, and that's just within an hour and a half. You know, typically from Loveland to the Denver International Airport it takes me about an hour and seven, an hour and ten minutes. This time, it took me three hours. 
but I did get down to the airport. I did get the rental car turned in and I did stand and stare at the screens. Can you guess what the screens say? Anybody want to guess? Put that in the chat. What do you think the screen said? Canceled, delayed, canceled, delayed. Actually, no, most of the screen said on time, departing, boarding. There were some delayed and some canceled, but overall, in TV, you see it, people blink and then they open up their eyes in slow motion. Every one of those flights switched to canceled. Took my phone out, getting ready to call my wife. Had no idea when I was going to get home and stopped. And I said, I should take a picture of that. So there it is. My flight is the second from the bottom. And at the time, America West Airlines was going through a merger with US Airways, which is currently American Airlines now. And I got a tap on the shoulder, it was the ticket agent, and he was flipping through an 11 by 17 spreadsheet, dot matrix printer. And he says, Mr. Page, it looks like I am not going to be able to get you home until Tuesday, the day after Christmas. Okay, remember this. Participation is huge. Over there in the chat, I want you to shout out one word. Type it in, one word on how you would feel at that moment. Keep it clean. One word on how you would feel at that moment. Every one of those things is all the stuff I felt at that moment. Now, I could probably come up with some choice words, but in this case, I turned around, I uncrossed my arms, I took a deep breath, and I told the guy, I said, well, hey, get me out of here as soon as you can. If there's anything you need from me, let me know. He takes a step back and goes, wow, that's the nicest thing that anybody has said to me all day today. And I said, well, look, I can't expect you to go outside and turn the snow off. He goes, you're right. Did you have to learn that? And he was right. I had to learn that. You know, as Barry introduced me, told you a little bit about the Marine Corps. If I was still in the United States Marine Corps in 2006, you probably could predict what I would have done to that guy. Don't worry, I was brainwashed. <laughs> but I didn't do that. He was right. I had to learn that. I learned a technique way back in 2003, and the technique is called self-trigger on the state. And the guy that told me about this technique was a, a keynote conference presenter for a conference that I was running. And he made it sound so easy. As a matter of fact, I was a little skeptical and I looked at him right in the eyes and he said, you got to learn to control the state before it takes control of you. And I was like, whoa. So that day I drove home and I was thinking, what is that guy talking about? It's a little common sense, um, but it didn't resonate to me until somebody cut me off on the freeway. And again, if I was in the United States Marine Corps, I would chase them down and let them know how I felt about their driving behavior. But since this is a safety class, I didn't do that this time. As a matter of fact, that technique that Larry Wilson was talking about was just that, self-trigger on the state. So I let it go. As a matter of fact, I even asked myself, I wonder if they saw me. And then I even went further and I said, hmm, it's not that important. They didn't hit me, let it go. And it resonated. So that ticket agent was right. I had to learn that. So it wasn't perfect in the very beginning, but it started to resonate. And then overall, I started to think, I'm going to be stuck here for four and a half days. All of those choice words that you guys put in there just pretty much was about right. So I learned a lot about humans that weekend. I've seen the best and I saw the worst. And just from an assumption perspective, my back was killing me and then I started to think, I stacked up all the good time memories in my life and compared that to the, to the stack of bad time memories in my life. And I would assume that your stack of good time memories was is much higher than your bad time. So I started to think about the good times in my life and the things that are important. Let me introduce them to you. Storytelling 101, show what's important, share what's important. It's an anecdote to connect to connections, to building bridges. Here's what's important to me my family. I started to think about them. What would I do to make sure I got back home? Because I saw people fighting in line in the airport. Couldn't get a hotel, couldn't get out, couldn't get a rental car. There was no way to leave. You were stuck there as if it was a, a disaster. It was a disaster. It was an emergency. This is my youngest. Um, just graduated COVID graduation from Arizona State University. Very proud. Uh, my oldest daughter, Courtney, uh, she's now a high school math teacher. She graduated ASU from 2016. Um, and 
now my son graduated ASU just a couple of years before that. Um, he now lives in Philadelphia, married to this beautiful lady here. His name is Eli. And then two days, a couple of days, maybe a week after I got back from Operation Desert Storm, I met this beautiful lady right here. Yes, remember this quote. There will always be something more important than the moment that you're in right now. What do you want to do to get to that moment? Consider the things that are important to you later or wherever they are and inject that into the moment that you're in. That's what's important. It goes back to that technique that he was talking about, self-trigger on the state. It was such a big deal. Um, and then it resonated. Storytelling, anecdotal, connection building, building bridges. If you expect people to engage, then maybe you should probably provide a little bit of engagement the human way by providing a little bit of storytelling with humor. Right? So that's me. Things to know about me. Now, <clears throat> where are some of the things you could use humor in? Now, first of all, you have to understand, if you go to the learning pyramid from the National Training Laboratories, you'll find that a majority of safety training is conducted through lecture. But you'll also find that lecture provides 5% retention once the class is over. It's not the best way to provide retention. But as you go further down the learning pyramid, you see that teaching other people what you've just learned actually increases retention by 90%. In a further survey, you should know that a majority of students prefer hands-on group discussion, things at the bottom of the pyramid, but most safety professionals lean towards the top of the pyramid. And there's a Pareto principle here that we need to adjust. People are asking for different things, but what we continue to provide is not what they're asking for. So if you need something scientific to go back to and why this is important to increase retention, then you can use this learning pyramid to help you. That's important to note, okay? So when I actually develop, design, or put something together, I go straight to the bottom of the pyramid and say, can I do these things first, right? By the way, having fun, having discussions, doing hands-on demonstrations, a lot of the humor that you can inject can come at that level. If you've been through a lecture, some of you probably can say this out loud. I've been to a lecture where I was dumber for having to attend. Now, I'm not saying all lectures are just like that, because what, what are we doing right now? I'm lecturing to you. I'm finding ways to get engagement, but at least we can do better. So what can we do better at? Where can you apply humor? Obviously, it's going to be mostly in the classroom, mostly training. Um, maybe you can apply humor to just the topic that you're delivering. And if you want, on the floor, when I say on the floor, I'm meaning you are engaging with people on the floor, not in a classroom, but on the shop floor, in the machine guarding areas, those areas where people are actually working. You can develop better relationship with them. And the first step is to provide thanks and appreciation for doing their job. I know that they should be doing their job, and I'm not saying we give trophies to everybody. What I'm suggesting is, is that they're wearing their safety glasses or doing the right things. Give them thanks and appreciation. That's important because they'll remember you. They're going to remember how you make them feel. There's a great quote from Maya Angelou. She suggests they may remember some things about whatever it is that you do, but what they remember the most is how you made them feel. And that's important to note, especially in an element like humor. All right. So let's do a perception test. I'm gonna ask you to engage just right there in the chat box. Um, first off, I wanna let you know that the Center of Research and Development says if you wanna increase retention by 10%, just shape your room like this. Angle your tables and chairs towards the center and make the focus on the individual that's facilitating. That's the Center of Research and Development. Just by changing the shape of the classroom. Right? So if you're looking to increase retention and you're not very funny, it's okay, you can follow science. I'm okay with that. I prefer you, you try that first. Next, think about perception. When you enter the classroom, the perception that you have may not be the perception of the people that are in the room. So let's do a perception test. What do you see here? Just tell me what you see. Type it in the chat box. I want a perception test. Type it in the chat box for me. Okay, this is all good. I appreciate the comments and the feedback, but a majority of you said bored, sleeping, falling asleep. Um, there's even an individual saying this is a staged photo. Um, okay, all good. 
most of us, when we see something in a photo like this, whether it was staged or not, we actually center a focus on the negativity and we find that there's, just, there's a person sleeping. Here's a technique that I found to help really well. And it's more empathy based than anything. If you come into a classroom as a facilitator and you take that individual sleeping personal, you're actually going to go down a path that you almost can't come back from. However, if you focus in on the four individuals that are enjoying the presentation, it might make it more positive for you. But if you have empathy enter the equation, please remember, you might be able to ask this individual, was it a rough night? Did they actually have a baby they just had? Um, was there something going on in their life that, that you don't know about? But perception-wise, we actually center focus on negativity and not the positivity that's surrounding us. Staged photo or not, doesn't matter. This is not a staged photo. So let's talk about perception here. What do you see in this photograph? <laughs> Looking down. <laughs> It's all good. Chewie's exhausted. Uh, I just did some research on the photograph. And if you know the actor who took over for Peter Mayhew back in the day, his name is Jonas Sumitomo. And as the actor, um, when they were filming the movie Solo, which is what this is from, he's laying down on the job, but he was feeling ill, very sick. And in between shoots, um, he would lay down to get the rest as much as he could. So the perception test here is, is that you should never perceive what's on the outside to be reality. Let's talk about taking a deeper dive with empathy and find out what's going on on the inside. And when you provide a bit of empathy, you're building a bridge, maybe a longer lasting relationship, and that's important to me. So it may not be a chewy down or a wookie down. It might be Jonas Sumitomo not feeling very good, and he's trying to step up his game to do the right thing for the work that he's doing. Anyways. More empathy than judgment is where it's at. And I think that's where you can actually build better relationships, where a lot of humor can come from. All right, so now problems. When we think about problems, here are some of the things that people say. The topic is just too dry. So I've got three recommendations for you. If it's too dry, you've got to change it up. Don't do what they expect. If you come into the room and they expect certain things and you deliver what they expect, then the expectation of not having a good time is there. I always bring a box of Legos to every Haswopper class that I do, and you can see why now. Initially, when I walk into a room of people that never met me and I, I use the Legos, it's a tabletop activity that gets them an opportunity to, to get engaged for site control. Their ingenuity, they develop it. I go over to the table and ask them what they've developed, and now they've got a model in their mind, but they had fun doing it. Look at the paper, paper plates. They've even put the four-digit UN number that I had because they use rail cars to disinfect their wastewater. Rail cars of chlorine and rail cars of sulfur dioxide. Knock on wood, they haven't had an emergency to deal with, but still, now that they've got this training, they're going to have a model in their mind. So number one, change it up. Don't do what they expect. Number two, use the golf analogy. What does that mean? I love to golf. So the golf analogy is that if you are getting ready to play golf, then a majority of folks would elect to take lessons before they golf the majority of their golfing career, if you want to call it a career. So I want to use that analogy. Train your people before they get the attitude that I'm safe enough already. Don't let them get the bad habits in shape. That'll give them the opportunity to get injured. Train them before they get the attitude I'm safe enough already. Number three, if it's too dry, you got to do a group activity. If we were doing this live, I would actually break you into groups. We would do a group activity. So let me ask. I'll do the first part of the group activity so you can get a feel. Group activities are a great way. It's at the bottom of the learning pyramid. It gets people engaged. So what I'd like for you to do is I'm going to have you answer this question in the chat box for me. How many of you here, just yes or no, have been pulled over by a cop before, yes or no? All right, thank you very much. Then did a majority of you just say, oh, great learning opportunity? Probably not. How about this, yes or no? How many of you here have run a red light or a stop sign you honestly didn't see? Okay, thank you. I appreciate it all. When you figure it out, 
Now, what are the first two words out of your mouth? <laughs> no, you don't have to put that. I'm just joking. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I understand it's embarrassment. All right, so that's the first part of this <laughs> first part of this group activity. But I break people into groups. I have them talk about distractions they've had while driving. In particular, this is typically done in traffic and barricade training. Um, this is talked about in defensive driving training. I even do this in sanctuary training. I break them into groups, have a discussion about a distraction they've had, and then we have these questions come up. So thank you for that. But embarrassment happens. And then right after that, we talk about hiding our embarrassment, or we basically sweep things under the rug because we don't want to get caught. Most of the people that are making mistakes in your facility are doing the same, right? So this group activity can reveal a lot of that and you could have a lot of fun, right? And then guess what? I take them down the top 10 distracted driving events that cause the most accidents. And then we lead up to number one, which is believe it or not, rubbernecking. Take a look at this next video for me and just tell me yes or no, is this rubbernecking? rubbernecking <laughs> all good all right so by the way yes funny video clips can help just do me a favor i'll talk about funny video clips in just a second but just remember please show if you're going to show funny video clips make sure you're making a point you're not showing funny video clips just for the sake of having fun okay make sure that makes a point okay? final problem here is the instructor and if the instructor has no passion um typically i find that they're reading from a book <clears throat> And if they're reading straight from a book, the students would have been better off reading the book themselves, right? Now, I also talked to folks that uh, who were forced to do a class that they didn't want to do the class in the first place, but they were forced to do it. So there's a lot of negativity. And then I'll just say, hey, you know what? There could be a lot of worse things to do. So is there any positivity out of what you're going to be able to do? And if there is any positivity, what is this? What is it the student's going to get that's positive? Um, this is a this is kind of like a it's off topic a little bit, but sometimes I, I come across a lot of certified safety professionals, certified folks, and no matter what the certification is, and but some some of them feel like that that's a written pass for them to teach whatever they want, <clears throat> but you still have to do the same amount of work. I've got mad respect for you for taking an exam and doing the work that's required and maintaining your certification. I do, but that doesn't make you an automatic great trainer. Right? You still got to do the work that it takes as a great trainer, as they do. And please promise me, you'll do the amount of work that it takes, right? Now, what can we do in the world of the problem of the instructor? I've got a couple of things that I recommend. One of them is learn by doing, okay? Learn by doing is extremely important. If you cannot get out there and, and show people what it is that they are required to do, practical application and hands-on training go a long way. If you don't understand the topic, and you need to understand the topic, take the time to do the research, take the time to do the work. I always tell people if they're having to present, they need to study their presentation in full screen mode. Animations, those types of things can throw you off if you don't anticipate it or you don't understand it. That's one thing. But the next thing is, is if you don't know what machine guarding is and you don't know the three types of guarding, then you should research it first before you have to teach it. And the last two things here are anecdotal, <clears throat> but they do help build relationships. And this is where I find a majority of the humor activities where they come from. Find something that's important to you. I've already talked about Star Wars, golf, and family. Okay. And then finally, self-disclosure through storytelling. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> when you're out having a conversation about lockout, tagout, or machine guarding on the shop floor, you're actually having conversations. You're not lecturing. You're having a discussion with people and they're looking at procedures and policies and things like that. 
that kind of relationship building is extremely important. And if you're a safety professional that's well-versed in machine guarding or even lockout tagout, you're having a conversation with them that builds that bridge for a long, long time. But that didn't happen in a classroom. That setting, that formal piece, even though it's important in some classes, in this case, this is more important, okay? We don't go to university to learn soft skills 101. What we learn is technique and with a lot of stuff that we, you know, we don't get that relationship building, which is important. Okay. It doesn't, it, to me, this is what's more important on the, on the floor. And I wish you could do a, I wish you could do more of this. And in, in the case of safety business, but I understand we've got a lot of other hats that we've got to wear, but if you're doing training, maybe this is the better way to go, especially for those classes that require practical application. Now, Self-disclosure, what does that mean? Something that's important to you. So do me a favor. This is a moment that I'd like to honor all of our military veterans. If you've ever served in the United States military or still serving in the Guard or Reserves, would you do me a favor and type in the, the branch of service in the chat box that you served in? Now, I don't want to discount anybody else that hasn't served in the military. I just want to suggest that this is another bridge building event, whether you've been in the military or not, but thanking them for their service. That's just a, a systematic approach to empathy. So thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your service. Self-disclosure, here you go. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed of where I'm at now, but just remember, I got out of the military almost 30 years ago. So this was 30 pounds ago too. And I did play a little bit of football and softball and baseball for the Marine Corps, which I'm happy that I did. Um, but this is me a long time ago. This is self-disclosure. Right? Self-disclosure could also be self-deprecation, talking about what you've done in the past, many mistakes that you've made, like running a red light. Those are opportunities for bridge building and relationship building. And I didn't talk about anything about humor when it comes to self-disclosure, but guess what happens when you provide the things that you've done in the past as mistakes you're letting them know that you're just as human as they are, all right? And that's important to me. So thank you for your service. <clears throat> I do appreciate it. One of the jobs that I did was in Kuwait. Um, you heard it in my introduction. Um, I got a chance to do this. Probably one of the dangerous, most dangerous things I've ever done in my life, okay? But as far as self-disclosure is concerned, that's important. It'll help you with passion. Passion hard to find? Don't forget you can use technology. Here's a video that I show on electrical safety. <clears throat> Sarah, can you turn lights? I want to do these electrics. This one. No! Hurry, hurry, hurry! I'm sorry. Now, obviously, you're not going to be doing something like that in electrical safety uh, in the real world. But you know what? In terms of uh, just having a good time with a bit of levity, this is something that leads to further injury that makes any sense. Don't do those kinds of things. All right. Now, video sharing is fine. I'm going to use a term that I like to call sweep the emotion. I've been to classes where the last thing we did was a case study on a fatality. And that's the last thing I remember about that class. Sweeping the emotion is the opposite of leaving the class downbeat. I always want you to work towards leaving the class upbeat. If you do a case study on a fatality, that's fine. That's learning, that's training. However, don't let it be the last thing that happens. You can increase the level of emotion or change the level of emotion or what I call sweep the emotion by ending upbeat. So I'm gonna give you two emotional swings here via technology and video. This is a video that comes out of Ontario, Canada. <clears throat> Most of you probably have seen it, but it gives you that feeling of how serious safety is. And I will never tell you that safety is not serious. So here's a video that'll leave you a little down. And then I'm gonna follow that up with an upbeat video that'll change or sweep your emotion. I'm the sous chef here. With any luck, I should be head chef by next year. I've got this amazing fiance who I won't be marrying this weekend. 
because I'm about to be in a terrible accident. But really, I should have cleaned up the grease over there, and they should never put the deep fryer so close. <laughs> Okay, I know how you feel. And there's a bunch of things that are going on and we could probably spend 24 hours dissecting that video. However, I told you I wanna sweep the emotion. So here is shopping in Arizona. Okay, so the purpose of the two videos were to, to separate emotion and kind of show you what you feel in terms of safety. And safety is so serious and that it's okay to provide those types of videos. It's okay to provide that type of conversation. If you do, don't let it be the last thing that your students see. Don't let it be the last thing that you have in your case studies, in your toolbox topics. Sweep the emotion back upbeat, okay? And that's important to me. All right, let's get this Millennium Falcon fly in hyperspeed. So our goal today was, number one, I wanted to give you some tools to increase engagement and retention. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quiz. I know a lot of you said you didn't like taking tests, but here's a quiz. And I want to ask you to do this as a favor to me. I want you to remember these two words, moonwalking bear. Write it down somewhere, okay? Please remember moonwalking bear. First thing I want you to do, is I want you to go to youtube.com and I want you to type in moonwalking bear. Please make sure you spell bear correctly, B-E-A-R, because if you type in B-A-R-E, you're gonna get stuff you don't wanna see, okay? So watch it. After you watch the video, promise me, you're gonna go share it with somebody else that might not have seen that video, okay? That's all I ask. This goes back to the point at the bottom of that learning pyramid of teaching someone else what you've just learned help you with retention, that's important, okay? So what can we do? We can incorporate humor in anything that we do, all facets regarding safety, whether that's in training, whether that's in meetings, whether that's on the shop floor, whether that's practical application. Please, please, please do not forget to thank your students, thank your employees. Gratitude goes a long way. You gotta remember it all starts with you. And if I can help you with any of these, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend the next 10 or 15 minutes with you through questions and answers, but I do wanna finish with an element of storytelling that I call foreshadowing. I wanna finish with Denver. I heard my name on the intercom on the public address system at the Denver International Airport on Christmas Eve. I got up to the ticket counter and I said, hey, what's going on? And right next to me in this line was this guy. He was kicking the wall. He was flipping people off. He was actually cussing at the person on his smartphone. I was like, what is wrong with that guy? The ticket agent whispered over the counter. He goes, he's been like that all weekend long. We can't let him behaving like that on the airplane. So we just took his ticket away from him. It's like, whoa, remind me to never make you upset. He goes, as a matter of fact, you were the only nice guy to me all weekend long. We just recently freed up a ticket this morning and I wanted to give it to you. <laughs> Took the ticket of my ass. Oh my gosh, Merry Christmas. Where'd you get this? He said, see that guy right there? I got home on Christmas Eve and I will never forget that technique, self-trigger on the state, ever. Have I been perfect at it? No. Have I used it a lot? Yes. And in this case, have I had canceled flights before? Yes. Will I have canceled flights in the future? Yes. Empathy before judgment. That's a huge deal. It might help you. Use it as a tool. With that said, here it is. Millennium Falcon. If you need to get a hold of me, here's my information. I'm going to turn it over to Barry for questions and answers. Barry, they're all yours. Great, Tim. Thank you so much for your insights and your stories today. Uh, just a reminder to our audience members that if you do have a question, please click on that Q&A button at the bottom of your screen, type in your question and press the send button. We welcome your questions today. Um, 
I wanted to say before we start the q and I want to let everyone know about an evaluation survey that we're asking you to complete. The survey will open in a different screen after this webinar, and your input is really important to us because it will help us to improve our future webcasts. I wanted to also mention that uh, Tim talked about our safety and health podcast, which is called On the Safe Side. And in our July episode, uh, we discuss our article about humor and safety. So if you're interested in learning more, feel free to go to safetyandhealthmagazine.com and uh, you'll find the podcast there is our July episode. Okay, now let's get to some questions, Tim. And the first one I have for you is a couple of folks are asking about could you go over your self-trigger coping mechanism again and describe that a little bit? Okay, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. Um, and so self-triggering as it was presented to me in 2002, and of course, um, the full disclosure, you know I work for Safe Start, so it's a technique that we present as a critical error reduction technique to help people reduce error. And in this case, self-trigger on the state is a way to cope with the state that you're in. So in other words, the tactics that we strategize with is if you're rushing, perhaps you can slow down. And most humans will actually suggest that they can't slow down, so they'll justify a faster speed. Within self-trigger on the state, all that means is that if you're in the state of rushing, like a state of mind of rushing, then just tell yourself you are. When you use the state to heighten awareness, it actually elevates what you're looking for so that way you can keep your eyes and mind on what you're doing and look for those potential error causing moments like line of fire problems or even losing your balance, traction or grip. So self-trigger on the state is just that. Use the state to recognize that you're in a situation that could increase the, the potential for injury. Great question, thank you for that. And if that was from Marilee, love you Marilee, thank you very much for the, for the question, that was great. A next question for you, Tim, we have a few folks asking about um, Tips for working in a virtual environment, increasing uh, engagement in our new virtual world that we're all in now. Oh, well, you got a, you got a chance to see a couple of them today. I, I'm a big believer of getting people engaged through chat. Um, sometimes I'll even ask people to come off on mute all together and then ask them to answer questions just as if we were in a live class. So first things first, don't be afraid to engage them through chat. Um, I always use, in terms of Zoom, the polling mechanism, even though I didn't do it today, but in terms of polling, you guys all were really engaged through the chat box. That was great. So my recommendation is number one, don't be afraid to use chat or engagement in that regard. In addition to that, don't be afraid to ask people to come off of mute. Um, I've got to tell you, the most common, commonly heard phrase in the last year for me was, is you're on mute. And <laughs> every time I try to get somebody to engage, to me, it's just, uh, it's okay. Um, it's okay to engage. And if you want to talk, just make sure you put those parameters up front. Let them know. We're going to ask you a lot of questions. We're going to ask for engagement. We're going to ask for you to participate. And once the rules are established and they have that expectation, then as you progress through the class and you're going to see more engagement. Now, breakout rooms are a good way to go too. Just be careful in regards to the breakout room because if you put people in breakout rooms, you can't be in every room at the same time. So you're not going to be able to monitor what I would suggest though, is if you, if you put people in breakout rooms that you have them kind of elect a team leader. And if they're, it, it comes with kind of unwritten laws. So a team leader will help, will help you facilitate the discussion inside, but also look for the common goals that you're asking for when you put them in the breakout rooms. Uh, that's one way. Remember that storytelling element I, I told you about? Instead of telling a story through PowerPoint or Prezi, which Prezi is what I'm using today, you can actually reenact the story by adding another device to your chat room or your Zoom room or whatever, whatever functionality program you're using, like WebEx or Teams, whatever it is. I've done that several times where I've reenacted the story in my own home or on a street out in front of my home or wherever I'm at. And you can do that from an engagement perspective. And that's, that's extremely helpful. So there's several things that you can do. But number one, don't be afraid to engage people through chat. Don't be afraid to tell them that it's, these are the expectations. Um, and then if, they, if you want, have them come off of mute altogether. And then you'll be surprised. I used to think that it was going to be virtual crickets, but people just jumped in and wanted to provide answers. As long as you, again, tell them that it's okay to do so. 
Thank you for that, Tim. And Jamie has a good question that was in the chat. And feel free, guys, if I haven't seen your question in the chat, feel free to type it in again, or you can use the Q&A button as well. Uh, we definitely want to get to all your questions. But uh, Jamie has a question about um, using humor and getting engagement in printed communications, which is an interesting question. Any tips or advice on that? Uh, Jamie, thank you for the question. There are several vendors who I don't have partnerships with, and I don't I don't receive any of that information or money, but um, there are several vendors out there that provide um, humorous level communications. And if you'll remember the old videos back in the day, they were just uh, old funny comic prints and you can use those. I think that's fine. Uh, I would just be careful it becomes overwhelming after a period of time because some of those communications get redundant. Um, I think if you can use the terminology, the point of diminishing returns, just make sure that you know your audience when you're putting that kind of communications out. Um, but you can find vendors that'll help you. Um, I'm totally okay with printed humor um, as long as it makes a point. Sometimes I use the terminology whiz quizzes. <laughs> you could put these things in front of terminal stalls or uh, wherever it is that you feel like it's necessary so that you can get the information out. Um, when it's a very serious topic, like maybe there's an injury or a fatality that occurred at the facility, you want to make sure that you leave humor out of those kinds of uh, communications. That's extremely important. Right? But yes, I, I, I really think that it's a good idea that you add that. Find a vendor that'll partner with you um, in terms of posters or whatever uh, printed communication you put out. Um, I'm okay with that. Good question. Great. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Tim, you offered some really helpful videos today and, and Nikki asks uh, via the Q&A button, um, do you have any tips on how to find videos related to your topic that can be humorous and really increase engagement? Yes. Thank you for the question. Um, in terms of video finding, uh, YouTube does a great job. Um, I'm just going to ask you to be very careful in terms of the video selection because sometimes people go out. You know, I, I, I attended a class a couple years ago where um, the instructor was just sharing random videos where people were getting hurt. What I don't want you doing, and this is just me personally, so it's my opinion, and you can take it for what it's worth, is I don't want you judging the people in the video. So sometimes what you get is online, and you'll see it on social media everywhere. Is somebody will post a video and on LinkedIn, and then all of a sudden you've got you know hundreds of engagement pieces of people just judging the, in, the individuals that are in the video. So a couple things here, just to kind of get back to the question. You can find these videos on YouTube. That's that's fine. You can find them on safetyengineering.net. There's great sources of videos on that video website. Um, regardless of where you find them, in terms of making a point, make sure that the video usage is not to judge or stereotype the people in the video. You can use it to your advantage on what they could do to get better, um, but just do me a favor. When you present it, don't use the tone of, an, of uh, judgment or shame. That just leads people down the shame path, um, and you'll actually eventually have a workplace full of blame, uh, which I believe the judgment, shame, um, zero empathy leads towards more blame. And I, if you can remove that from the video usage, that I, please do me a favor. That's what's important. Okay. Great. Thank you for that, Tim. Um, Jill had a question about um, any live polling apps that you can recommend and have you used any? I've used quite a few. Thank you. Um, live polling. The first one I use and the one that I continue to use the most, and I hate the name, but it's there, is called Poll Everywhere. Um, and that that survey instrument, that device will allow you to incorporate directly into your PowerPoint. And as long as you're connecting to uh, connected to an internet source that actually populates in your slide, which is really cool. So you can actually use a live survey instrument in a PowerPoint that's connected to the internet and you can see the live answers come up on your screen. So Poll Everywhere is one that I use. Um, I'm going to take one from a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Regina McMichael. If you don't know her, you should get to know her. She's an amazing safety trainer uh, certification body. She does a lot of good work in terms of the safety training ninja aspect. And if you're looking to be a certified instructional trainer, she's got some great, great resources. But she uses a system called Cahoots. And I'm a big fan of Cahoots. Um, if you don't know what it is, look it up on, online. Um, Cahoots gives you an opportunity to ask survey questions or even test questions throughout the day. And it actually gets more engagement as you increase the hours of the day. 
And eventually what you'll end up getting um, at the end um, is uh, results of point leaders and it makes it very competitive. So if you want engagement and you've got some competitive folks, whether they like safety or not, Cahoots actually does that. So Poll Everywhere is a great resource and Cahoots is another. There are several others that I've tried, but those are the two I keep coming back to. Okay, great. Thank you for that, Tim. And just so everyone really appreciate your questions in the chat and in the Q&A as well. Uh, one important question, just to let everyone know that I asked before our presentation started today is a question I asked of Tim. The answer is 10. He has 10 Star Wars backgrounds uh, for his uh, online meetings. So that was a really important question that I wanted to get out there. So thank you, Tim, for that. Um, next, we'll Thanks, go to Mary Lee. <laughs> uh, next, we'll go to Mary Lee. Thank you for your engagement today, Mary Lee. And Mary Lee's question, Tim, is do you use Twitter for engaging an audience at all? And any uh, thoughts you have on using oh. Twitter? Um, golly. I got a personal and professional opinion. Let's see if I can marry them together. Um, no, I don't use Twitter to do any engagement pieces. However, I've used Twitter to re-quote or relearn something that I just gathered in terms of a presentation. So if I'm like attending a conference and I gathered something that was important to it uh, in that presentation, I actually tweet it. Um, if there's something that's important to me and I see that professionally I could use, I could use that to my advantage, then I'll retweet it. Um, but other than that, Twitter is literally probably third on my preference in terms of social media use. Um, I'll go Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter in that order, just like you see on my screen, and that was intentional. But Marilee, I, I do see how active you are on Twitter, and I really do appreciate your engagement of what you do. Um, in terms of monitoring, I just am not that engaged on Twitter, and I don't, I don't use it as probably as much as I probably should. Great, thanks for that, Tim. Uh, we have a question that came in via the Q and A button. Uh, Tom asks, uh, "What are your thoughts on using giveaway items?" at the end of a presentation to remind them of a training. And Tom says uh, he's given out little ninja figurines at the end of some trainings, uh, calling uh, his students safety ninjas. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, Tom, I'm a big fan of gratitude. So if that means challenge coins, gifts, ideas like that, 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 that's a great way to go. Now do me a favor, just don't dangle a carrot. Don't say, if you give me an answer, I'm gonna give you a piece of chocolate. Okay. Just give them the incentive without telling them that it's available. Somebody comes up with some great idea in the classroom. Um, I always try to have challenge coins if I can to deliver um, when, I, when I see somebody participating in that engagement aspect. And when I, when I coin somebody, somebody else sees that and they're going to go, how do I earn a coin? Um, believe it or not, from a humor perspective, a lot of people are competitive. So going back to cahoots and the things that provide more competition, I think any incentive is great just as long as you don't dangle a carrot. Great. Thank you, Tim. It looks like we have time for one more question today here before we hit the top of the hour. And Tim, I wanted to ask you about um, engagement for speakers uh, when we're competing with things such as cell phones. Um, and obviously in a virtual environment, we have more distractions, whether we're at home with our kids and whatnot. Um, how do you compete as a speaker with some of those uh, things that kind of stand in the way of engagement? You're not going to like my answer, but I'm going to tell you anyways, if I find that there's a lot of head nodding, not because they're sleeping, but because they're you know, smartphone usage, I'll actually use the smartphone to my advantage. So I'll do something like poll everywhere or I'll open up cahoots. Um, if they're gonna be finding themselves in that regard or that in that realm using their smartphones, I'm gonna say, okay, well, since you're all dived into your smartphones, um, I'm gonna go ahead and let's use them to my advantage. Now that's one tactic. Another tactic comes from a good friend of mine. His name's Kevin Cobb. If you haven't read his book, Quit Beating the Monsters, one of the great things you can do is come in with a lunchbox and collect everybody's cell phones. And then at the end of the presentation, hand them back. All right, so if you wanna go that way, now just do me a favor. If you do the lunchbox tactic, make sure that the tactic is sound, number one. And number two, it doesn't seem like it's going to be, oh, the word I wanna use is, uh, don't make it negative. Um, collecting lunchbox, cell phones, that's one of those things where you can, it could turn into punitive. That's not what it's about, all right? 
you can actually use the code. There's nothing more important than the moment that you're in right now. And if you want to get to those other important things, let's make sure that this is an important message that we deliver to you right this minute. And if you want to collect the phones, collect them. Just do me a favor. Two, three things of thought here. One, you can use them to your advantage. That's number one. Number two, um, you can actually collect them, smartphone collection through lunchbox activities or set the expectation up front. Say, hey, you know what? If you're going to use your smartphone, step out of the room or we don't use smartphones, but just if you set the expectations up front, you should be good to go. You should be good to go. But that's a great question. Great. Thank you for that, Tim. Folks, unfortunately, we have run out of time today. I'm sorry that we did not get to everyone's questions, but all our unanswered questions, as I mentioned before, will be forwarded along today to our speaker. Again, we also hope you take the time to thank, uh, to excuse me, to take time to share your feedback uh, via our survey. I'd like to thank our awesome presenter today, Tim Page Bodorf everyone from our sponsor at Aveta, and of course, all of you who joined us today. This ends today's Safety and Health Magazine webcast. Take care, everyone, and have a safe day.